This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Best Friends Back All Right, the show where two high school best friends try the best friend thing again. I'm Nikki Homayfad. And I'm Stevie Wynn Levine. Oh, shit. I forgot I was continuing. Today, we're going to be talking about being closeted. Wow, what a seamless intro into uh, into being closeted. I think into I nailed a it. traumatic <laughs> part of your adolescent experience. Yeah, I'm no longer closeted as a bad intro uh, segueer. So that's uh, that's what I'm coming out as today. Um, <laughs> hey, how you doing? How you doing? I'm good. I I um I'm excited to talk about what it was like back then because I'm in a good place now. So it's allowed mm-hmm. me. It's going to allow me the freedom to kind of dig in and and uh and evaluate um some of the shit that was going on back then. So I'm I'm excited. I always like talking about um kind of the 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 queer experience and I hope that there are people listening who can either glean a little something from what we're going to talk about today or roll their eyes repeatedly and perhaps propel something via rolled eyed energy and in in which case that would also be a productive you use can of get this there. time let's get there yeah, yeah. they could like yeah. churn eye ice cream which honestly is a disgusting thing to say because i immediately am envisioning like eye sleep frozen creamy oh yeah yeah speaking of disgusting <laughs> i'm on my period oh ah Yes, that's also what we needed to work into this episode. I'm on my period, and... I'm sorry? It's been a rough day. It's been a rough couple of days. Mm. Literally, like, the energy is dripping out of me. Oh, my... Okay, (laughs) yes. Yes, yes, yes. It was a disgusting... It has been, like, a difficult, (laughs) difficult couple of days, but something happened that made me go back to high school, and it was such a vivid memory. Okay, so... Was it a pad? It was. So I was rifling through. I was rifling through my my um, bathroom cabinet, looking for a tampon. Okay. Looking for anything that would absorb what was happening to me, and I couldn't find a tampon. And somehow, somehow, I found this like old vintage pad. I do not know. I have not purchased a pad in. Oh my God, you found a stranger pad? (laughs) I found a stranger pad. And I had a moment. I had a moment. I had a really fun moment. In that pain, I had had a moment where I flashed back to high school when I also wore pads. Yeah. But they were your own at that time. But they were my Mm. own. They were my own. They were hot pink. And wait, what? Yeah, like the 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 wrapping was hot pink. Oh, it was a nice, normal, (laughs) nice, normal white. And I flash back to that feeling of walking to the pencil sharpener when you were on the on your period, or having to walk up to the front of the room, and being so afraid, right, that you were leaking, that somebody could, God forbid, see the pad outline through your pants. Oh yeah, pants. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my! We, we God. were wearing some tight pants back then too. If the pads had been at our ankles, I feel like we would have been okay because there's a lot of ankle space going around in the pants. 
Yep, yep. But that's actually not where there, your um, the... vagina is. Yeah. <laughs> turns out. Turns out. Yeah. I would wait. I would wait till a specific moment in class when people were doing work and it was less likely oh that they God. would um, be looking up. That's when I would walk to the front to sharpen a pencil or ask to go to the bathroom because I was just so... I was so self-conscious. Wait, can of, we go back to the stranger pad? Did you use the stranger pad? And can was no, it was God, it I, hot pink? What did it no, look it like? No, it was white. It was thick. It was like a thick, super... Like a medical it was, vibe? It wasn't a medical vibe, but it was like a diaper without the... Band. Cumberbun. Yeah. Cumberbun. <laughs> yeah. Cumberbun. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about? Yeah, like a waistline. Yeah. I would have used it. I would have used it if I couldn't find the tampon in the end. Oh, you found a tampon. Because you were leaving me hanging for that that whole story. I mean, I was oh, like, yeah. I hope she is plugged <laughs> up over there because who knows? I eventually found one in the, in the again, in the apartment bathroom. They had like sanitary, oh. sanitary napkins available. You should have taken the vintage pad and then <laughs> barged in it. on, no, barged <laughs> in on Zach and like, who was here? Who was here? <laughs> Whose pad is this? <gasps> Were you sitting I with someone this. else who left this pad on the back? We found a we found a really really strange sports bra in our laundry once, and I <laughs> did that whole thing. Turns out we had friends that were visiting, and it was theirs. <laughs> but oh. I was like, "Which ho ho were you sleeping with from the gym? <laughs> Tell me now, Zach. <laughs> Tell me now from the gym." I I totally know where you're coming from because speaking of sports bra, that reminds me of. Get when like when you have to get your first bra, which is more of a middle school situation, that's like a precursor to the period embarrassment because mm-hmm. I was actively embarrassed about having to wear a bra. Oh, any anything? Were you what, not a padded bra or just uh... no? Just just a bra. No, I I was excited. Okay, see, I think this is the maybe the like queer woman experience versus a straight woman experience, maybe. Because okay. to me, having to get my first bra was, like, really embarrassing, which is so weird. I can't explain why, because it's not like, I agree, like, society has made period something that you don't talk about, and therefore it's very easy to see not why on this it's podcast. embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, bras isn't an embarrassing thing. And, and I, I've definitely... Well, where were you buying the bra from? Because if it was Victoria's oh. Secret, I totally oh, get why that would no. be embarrassing. No. Because it's so sexual. This is like a Target situation. Please, for the, like, mosquito nips? No, 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 no. <laughs> there's no... Well, actually, I guess there's some mosquito nip bras at Victoria's Secret, probably. Uh, but no, I-, I think it was... You know, it's a good segue into the topic of conversation that we're having today, because I I think it's a good portion of this is also, I think, about uh, gender identity and like not having the proper terminology, apparently even now, (laughs) to to talk about (laughs) feeling like different or feeling Mm -hmm. less feminine and more masculine. And I'm only using those terms because I I don't have any other terms that come Mm -hmm. immediately to me. And I think the bra discussion and the period discussion falls into that category of, like, the older you get as a female, these things happen and therefore are confirmation that you are a woman. And I think that as a kid, 
you know, one of the first things I remember in regards to kind of my perception of my gender or or sexuality was like when I was, you know, could first talk like when I was a toddler or preschooler, there was a period of time where I asked my parents to call me Scott. I was like, call me Scott. <laughs> because <laughs> I bet Scots were pretty successful back then. I don't know what it was, but like I was embarrassed by being a girl. Like I was embarrassed okay. by being a little girl. And I think that at that age, it's not like anyone's dating anyone or anyone has a perception of that. So, like, it wasn't like, well, I'm playing with Tonka trucks and I think I want to fuck a woman. Uh, it was more like I'm playing with Tonka trucks and it is embarrassing when you acknowledge the fact that I'm a girl. Yeah. So it would be better for me if you just went ahead and went with Scott uh, for, for the time being. Interesting. So did your parents call you Scott when you asked them to? No. No? So, okay. <laughs> no. And I think that, uh, I mean, we'll certainly get to, to the, the role that my parents played. Um, by the way, they listened to the first episode of the podcast. And yeah. I could sense that they weren't going to keep that from me. But then they couldn't. So then they had to say that they listened to it because they were like adding some little hints that I was like, I think I talked about that on the first episode of the podcast. And then I put it together that, oh, they're trying to like hint at me that they listened to the first episode. And and they did. And they enjoyed it. Although my dad, mm. you know, remember the first episode. He didn't like that impression. No. He was Stiffener. He was fine <laughs> with the impression. He wanted to argue the percentage point that he offered of the content of mine that he does not watch. Oh, I recall yeah. specifically him saying, I don't watch 99% of the content you make. And he recalls saying, like, 95%. He would like to argue that the oh four goodness. percentage points that I left out leaves a lot of room for content that he watches. And uh, therefore, that, like, yeah, 1% to 5% was unfair to him. So right. I would like to come back and correct that he doesn't watch 95% of my content, not okay. 99%. Okay. Okay, Mr. Levine, you win yet again. <laughs> yet again. So, no, they did not call me Scott. But in terms of the Tonka truck of it all, like, I, I remember playing with what was, quote, the boys' toys. Like, I was right. always Ken when we played Barbie. I was always the dad when we played house. I always wanted to mm. be that traditionally, like, male role. Okay, interesting. Whereas I always, always wanted to be the mom. I did not want to be the baby. I always wanted to I be the I did not want to be the baby. I it's didn't that want to be damn fucking uh, cummerbund. Who wants to be the baby <laughs> when that's what you have to I wear? I wanted to wear the pad in the family. <laughs> yeah. You remember that American Girl doll book? You know the book, the puberty book? Oh, no. Oh, no. my God. Really? Mm -mm. You don't remember? It was fully illustrated, and it was like a puberty book for girls. And it was by, wow. it was under the um, the American Girl, uh, you know, brand. And there was right. a whole centerfold of illustrations <laughs> of, in, yeah, I say this because it was step-by-step uh, -step guides of inserting a tampon with illustrations Yes. Wow. Yeah. That That's book, so, that book you know, was eye-opening for me. 
That's so smart. I mean, I never, I was never exposed to that. I also had an older sister. I do think having an older sibling who has gone through similar milestones is a huge advantage yeah. in some ways, right? Because you see them go through it and go through the awkwardness of it. And then you can course correct. Was she helpful to you in those moments? What, like, were you like, oh, you're a mentor to me? Like, I just started <laughs> my period. What do I do? Or like, or... No, not. I mean, now she is. She's an OBGYN. So I ask her all of those questions. <laughs> You're like, Back how do you then, she was not a trained tampon. physician. <laughs> no, I wasn't allowed to wear tampons. Oh, so the tampon thing was like that. It was I mean, culturally, like, I don't know. I'm saying it's cultural, but I don't know any other Iranian girl that easily got to insert a tampon without there being some like slight hesitation, like. Tell, tell me it more about like that. It seems like it's like a woman's the, thing. I mean, it's the like penetration uh, aspect of it? I think so. I think so. And it's like the way they grew up and they mean my mother and women of her generation in Iran. I don't think I should look this up if tampons even existed in Iran. But mm. it was like the way they did it. And I think for a lot of immigrants, when they come to the United States, there's this like holding on to the way things were done, mm -hmm. um, like a strong holding on and a tampon is probably like, we're not gonna let that straw break this camel's back. Mm -hmm. This is like too womanly to do something like that. So you think it was that and not, there's no like medical question or like, oh, this works perfectly well so you don't need that type of thing or? or oh, I think that, I think, She's like, this is what I do and this works for me. Yeah. So yeah. you should just do the same thing. But I remember being curious about a tampon, but being scared of it too because of the penetration. I'm like, <laughs> how do you, what if it gets lost? All of the, you know, there's, yeah. oh, we could have a whole conversation about, about the yeah. things we put in our body to, to be, and on our body to be women. Oh yeah. The long list of things I've lost in my vagina. I mean, it could, we could go an hour and, and, and honestly, maybe a little show and tell, you know, and you can, <laughs> you can American tell me. American doll grown up version. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can tell me what things are because Lord knows they've been up there for so long. It's probably hard <laughs> to decipher what's up there now. But it sounds like <laughs> you had these feelings of not fitting in. At an early age. Well, I don't know if I would classify it as not fitting in because I think that as a kid, you're you actually are very accepting of other people. So like when mm -hmm. I wanted to be Ken, great, we need a Ken and we're not playing with boys. So like oh, people great. will let you. Okay. Yeah. It's I like, oh, was that's, resistance. that's perfect. No. Okay. And, and um, you know, I think that it, it it's something that extended through middle school. And I and I remember I remember saying to myself, I'm going to fit in in high school like. Because, you know, I went to such a small school and I kind of was the class clown of the 12 people in my grade. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was, you know, boys in middle school wear soccer shorts when it's really freezing outside and it makes no sense. That's how I was. Like, it wasn't like um, I didn't fit in because it's hard, like, not to fit into a group of 12 people that you've grown up with. So it was just like that was my niche. I was the I was right. the class clown that wore the soccer shorts and was a tomboy and like it all worked out fine. Mm -hmm. But taking that with me into high school seemed like an impossibility. Like why? Why, why did you think you had to change something about yourself did you know something about Grimsley I think it was 
an insecurity that if I, you know, if you don't fit in, then people, you're going to isolate yourself. Like you want to have friends, you want to be accepted. And so Mm -hmm. you do things in order to fit in to be accepted by other people. Yeah. But I think luckily for us, this like preppy thing was in at the time and it's very easy you know to to wear a polo or an oxford and not feel like tomboyish necessarily but you know the boys are yeah. also wearing oxfords and polos so it was like very easy in that way to kind of you know skirt the line a little bit totally and that's what was being – I mean, I remember you were always wearing, like, American Eagle. American Eagle. I feel Eagle. like American Eagle was your favorite brand. You uh, only because my parents couldn't afford, like, Abercrombie or Hollister. Like, you know, so American Eagle was, like, you know, the the <laughs> semi-affordable version of the of the other two brands that well, were so God cool. Well, thank God you didn't do Aeropostale. Yeah. Because, my goodness. No, but you were always – you had a uniform. And yeah. it was always like a, a collared something with distressed, tight-ish jeans. Yeah. Which was which a was uniform what was that, being sold. Exactly. That most people were were wearing. So that was on the mannequin. Yeah. But like, you know, it, yeah. to a certain extent, like that was like a classic look. Like a polo is like a pretty classic look. So you're not like I mean, I think it was trendy at the time, but it, the the point was I fit in. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, you weren't like, oh, look at that fucking lesbian. And, and so, sorry, at this point, <laughs> coming into high school, did you know you were gay? I think I always knew I was different. I think I did know. I think there's certain things that happened during high school and moments that I had that were confirming. But I think it was really difficult to admit to myself. I think part of it has to do with the conservative Southern setting that we were in, not just being a closeted gay kid, but like, you know, we talked about how the 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 majority of people were Baptist, Methodist, Christian. Mm-hmm. And I remember I lived across the street from neighbor girl. So it must have been right before our freshman year. And our parents were like, oh, you girls are going to Grimsley together. You live across the street. Like, you should hang out or whatever. And I remember going over to her house and she was hanging out with another girl and they were on their little the staircase and the foyer in this traditional house. And I walked in and I was obviously nervous because I wasn't friends with these girls, but I was like, you know, wanted to hang out. And the first thing this girl says to me is, are you scared of going to hell? (gasps) And I was like, what? And she was like, are you scared? scared of going to hell because you don't believe in Jesus Christ. Oh my gosh, so she was mad that you were Jewish. She wasn't even mad. She 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 was genuinely asking me. Like there was okay. no there was no hate behind her question. She was taught that if you don't believe in Jesus, you go to hell and that Jewish people don't believe in Jesus. So she was just genuinely curious like how does it feel knowing that you're going to go to hell? And I never like I knew that obviously I'm I'm Jewish. I'm not Christian. That makes me different. But I'd never been confronted like to my face in that particular way. And I wow. think that that's like 
a good setting of the scene for the general vibe, you know, around us at the time was like it was it was weird that I was Jewish. It wasn't weird to us. It wasn't weird to like our our friend group, but it was weird to you know, the majority of of people around us. And so, like, that conversation, like, you know, I, I honestly, to my credit, was like, I'm going to explain to her why I, I, I don't believe in hell and I'm not going to hell. And, like, actually, I don't think that that's true. And we, like, had, like, a, a, a civil exchange because, again, she wasn't coming from a place of, of hatred or anything. But, like, I think imagine being Jewish but then being closeted and gay, which honestly was so much worse to 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 be in in the eyes of like this kind of southern christian conservative lens is like mm-hmm. you don't believe in jesus and also you're gay like man like i mean looking back i should probably toss that in like you know i actually i'm extra scared because i'm also <laughs> gay let's hang out <laughs> school's going to be fun ladies wow have you guys seen that American Girl book? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I think that, um, you know, I was very aware that that I was different, not just just because I, I was I was gay. And I think that at Grimsley specifically, I can't I, I didn't know anyone who was gay. Did you know anyone who was I can't recall, but I looked in our yearbook and I saw that we had, and I remembered this, but we had a um, gay straight alliance, GSA. And I remember there being one, but there were a number of people. One gay? (laughs) No, there were a number of people in the club, which to me means like this group, I don't know, it could have been 20 to 30 people. Really? Yeah. I'll See, I don't don't remember that at all. I don't remember... I don't remember. Open that up, thing. open up 2006 yearbook. Oh, I thought you meant like <laughs> open up your mind. <laughs> open up your mind. No, no. So seeing that made me realize okay, there was a group of people who, I mean, it's a gay straight alliance, but there were people that were either out or outwardly accepting yeah. of gay culture. So that's really cool, especially in an environment like yeah. the one that we were in, because also those years were kind of crazy. So in the in like the world or in the world. Yeah. 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 2002 to 2006. I mean, you brought up our President Bush with the pretzel story. But like he (laughs) in 2004, he tried to pass an amendment that would forbid same sex marriage. Yeah. uh, In the Constitution. In the Constitution. It's because whoever baked those pretzels was gay. He got mad. Yeah. He got mad. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious. I'm really curious how the what was going on in the greater world outside of Grimsley, outside of Greensboro, affected mm-hmm. the way you perceived yourself or your your comfort with coming out. Well, and my my parents were were Bush supporters. Like that's the other weird thing is that my my parents are are conservative Republicans, which is weird as a, as a Jewish kid. But like, yeah, they 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 have always been. So like that was also a big thing. Is it? It wasn't just like the world I was surrounded with was conservative. My my parents are conservative. Your parents, like it, yeah. you know. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> 
Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Can I ask you, um, we talked a lot about like the Christian context and how that was limiting. What about the Jewish context? Like, did you go... What were what what was the temple or the synagogue saying yeah. at that point about homosexuality, if anything? In general, unless we're talking like Orthodox or like Hasidic Jews, Judaism is very accepting of of same sex relationships. So it was never a part of any teachings or rhetoric or anything like that. Because the other thing is like you know normally Jewish people tend to be very liberal. So the people that I grew up with were were very liberal people. Yeah. And I, I do remember one of my teachers at school was gay. Middle but, school. At middle mm-hmm. school. But 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 it wasn't a topic of conversation. And I don't have any specific memory. It, it's not like my parents were, were homophobic at all. It, it's not like that was a discussion in my household, which I know for a lot of kids— and a lot of people listening right now, it is like they have actively homophobic parents that push this rhetoric that, you know, if my if my kid ever comes out, like they're getting booed out of the house or, or you know. And so that that was not the case for me. It was not a blatant statement for my parents. And my parents are not I mean, obviously, because I'm very close to my parents now. But I, I would say they're they're which I know there's this is problematic to say. I would say they're socially liberal, but mm-hmm. they're politically and which doesn't make any sense, but they're accepting of of me and um, they're not people that hate other people, period. So mm-hmm. there was never a discussion in my house that like being gay is wrong. It just wasn't discussed, you know. Yeah. And I yeah. so I think that by not discussing it, there was this giant gray area where if you are a closeted kid, your mind doesn't go to, there's a gray area. Let me go to the side where they love me and everything's fine. <laughs> you go right. to the side where, no, they're conservative Republicans and they're going to hate me and disown me and, I, mm. and I've and i disappointed them. And, you know, we both talked a little bit about the pressure that we had to succeed academically and, and be good kids in general. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, does a good kid come out Hmm. not in their world in my world back at that time like that's a that's a strike like man what's the point in me you know having great grades and being a good person if I'm gonna be gay wow but it's also that like Hmm. at the time there wasn't like a lot of representation either like you can't it's not like a a kid in high school is like well Ellen exists (laughs) you know it's not like well if Ellen can do it To that end, I want to see how, like, if if any of these things stir up some memories for you, because okay. the the 2002 to 2006 period of pop culture representation is super white, mm-hmm. super white, and it has come a long way. Queer representation in, yeah. in our culture, but let me let me give you a few little fun fun facts of those. Okay, years. okay, 2002, we have Rosie O'Donnell coming out as a lesbian. 2003, we have the Ellen DeGeneres show that starts. And then the much-beloved Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. So we have two lesbians so far and a group of gay men. And then the L word comes out in 2004. 
Did you watch that? Do you remember watching this and feeling anything? So I I have multiple, multiple stories. But the one that I would come later to find out, basically, my dad is like a computer nerd. So he set up our TV screen in the den at the time. He, like, connected a computer to it because smart TVs weren't a thing. So he com- connected the computer to the TV and you could pull up the internet and and search things and like It was like Chromecast before Chromecast. Yeah, it was just essentially like this is the is just using the TV as a monitor. But at the yeah. time it was like, "Oh, this is awesome." So we used to pull up YouTube and just search for trailers and and different things. But you know that the search history stays on there when you like type into the little browser thing. And one time I remember I was looking for something and I saw in the search history it said like the L word something. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. I'm like, that's weird. I don't know what that's about. And I I know what the L word is, but I did not search for that word and I would not do that. And then years later, it I think it came up in conversation at some point and because my parents knew and they had like referenced that they had also stumbled upon that, but it wasn't me. It was, was it my your sister. sister. Ah! <laughs> it Go was my Jess. sister. <laughs> and okay, so the other thing is, you know, going to the video store used to be my favorite thing to do, and I was obsessed with seeing everything that would come out. And I remember walking down the aisles and I would go into the new release section and there would be some days where I'd seen every single movie in the new release section and there'd be one new movie that I hadn't seen. Like I was just obsessed with like all things content, of course. Um, (laughs) But I remember specifically seeing the covers of the DVDs for Mm -hmm. The L Word and intentionally being like, don't look at that. (laughs) <laughs> wow I see yeah. it exists and also like there are covers especially in the early seasons where they when they were like really hanging on like this is a group of attractive lesbians don't you want to watch them <laughs> their promotional materials were like they're all naked and you of course you oh. can see any bits but it was like hey how about we just you know bring all these attractive women together take all their clothes off and then pile them onto each other for the dvd cover <laughs> so you can't even like pretend to rent it because you thought about it was like it was about so female blatant. empowerment and friendship yeah <laughs> yeah it's about love uh wow. <laughs> but yeah so the the l word was the l word and ellen that was the representation mm-hmm. that i had at the time so it's like yeah. are you an older comedian with a daily talk show is that what you want to be when you grow up or do you want to be a hot lesbian piled on other hot lesbians i feel like you have Which found a happy both. medium both. between the two <laughs> <laughs> You should write a letter yeah. to these women for inspiring yeah. your curtain life that is really funny that is really freaking funny. I feel like that would be that's a great pinnacle. It's your of my, it's your it's your tagline. Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell meets the entire L word cast. <laughs> oh, you're going with the Rosie over the Ellen. I'll take that. You know, oh, I, sorry. I, I'll take I it. I really was thinking Rosie this whole time. Oh, okay, great. I think I thought maybe that was, that was the, that's better, maybe. I mean, or worse. I don't know. I mean, whatever. it depends. How do you treat your employees? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> um, I remember, so Brokeback Mountain also came out when we were in high school. I saw that three I times. I remember that 
Okay. I remember that being a, what I would imagine would be a negative experience for a closeted person because people were really mean in high school about that movie. It was... I don't recall that. I remember because Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal had a uh, sex scene. And I remember there were so many derogatory jokes Mm. about the two of them and how it was disgusting. And Hmm. I would imagine hearing that would be just like, you know, not exactly helping the cause of of coming out. I saw that movie three times in the theater. (laughs) It was a cinematic masterpiece. It's funny because at Grimsley, I did not know anyone who was gay. And in fact, the only time I remember encountering anything gay was two women on the women's basketball team. When I was walking to class I remember seeing them, like, making out with each other and being like, what the hell? And also, these are, like, gigantor women, (laughs) you know? So it wasn't like, oh. It was like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) It was like, that's something that I don't see every day and uh, avoid it like the L Word DVD. (laughs) But one of my good friends in high school and someone that I that I hung out with for the majority of my senior year is um, art school boy. Yeah. Did he even go to our school? He he did not okay. go to our school. So yeah. he went to kind of the arts high school, which I really wanted to go to. And over at the arts high school, things were a lot different oh, than at Grimsley. Yeah. Um, and so we knew each other through uh, the majority of like the theater stuff I did was actually through the city and not necessarily through Grimsley. So we knew each other through theater, through the city, and we became good friends. And then I remember specifically when he came out to me. Um, which is so weird because, of course, he was gay because, of course, that makes sense. But yeah. I still was like, oh, it still was a moment of like, oh, I'm I'm having to readjust how I think about you somehow, even though that doesn't affect anything. But w- once I became close friends with him, I think it actually helped me in a lot of ways because I also was able to view things through the lens of having a gay guy friend as my as one of my good friends. And so we saw Brokeback Mountain together a few times. And so I don't think I was conscious of of that kind of gay slur part of of the world which I'm sure was happening at Grimsley and in our broader friend group, but I think because I was friends with him, that's the lens I was viewing everything through right. and we weren't surrounded at that moment by those things. So I I have to ask, you said he came out to you in high school, right? Yeah. Did that open any kind of window of opportunity for you that you wanted to take to also come out? No. And I think it, I think partially because I was not ready myself. Like I, I still was in this, like, I think that I'm gay, but like I, there, there's like a lot of coming out to myself that I needed to do. And when he came out to me, I still had a process that he was coming out to me, which is absolutely ridiculous because, of course. So I, I just don't think I was in the this, this state to go, oh, now that you've done that, it's my turn. Mm-hmm. But also, like, he was like my alternative friend. Like, he didn't go to Grimsley. He was the, my theater bud. He was like, you know, a gateway into another group of of people but he wasn't like my everyday reality. Like he, I didn't go to school with him. Um, so yeah. So and I think that when it 
comes to our specific friend group, it certainly is not at all like I felt like you would judge me. But also, it was very easy to stay closeted because, as we touched on, none of our close friends were dating and they weren't having sex and they we didn't really talk about that. And so it wasn't like, oh, we're all talking about dating and having sex with with boys and Stevie's not. And I know, you know, a studious Iranian girl who doesn't have time or permission to date is the perfect companion <laughs> for a closeted lesbian, okay? My plan worked the whole time. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't like that part wasn't weird. Like I didn't feel weird because I wasn't dating boys for the majority of high school. I felt like, oh, that's what you you weren't doing. No one it. was. No. Lucinda yeah. Melvin wasn't really. Do- yeah. Like th- th- it wasn't a thing. And in fact, like it felt a little bit, you know, we would judge the girls who were like there was like some slut shaming that was going on back what then. What were we doing? What were we saying? I think it was just that. I think it was like the use of that word that if you had any kind of sexual experience, you were a slut. And that's <gasps> just the lens that we viewed things through. And it's so indicative of of the people we were surrounded with and the in the in the conservative vibe we were surrounded with. But like, yeah, I remember it was easy for us not to do those things because there was an air of doing those things is wrong. And it wasn't just that we were getting it from our our parents. It was just, that was the surrounding temperature was like the whole not having sex until you're married, like the the view of what dating was. Yes, but I also think we were freaking scared of all of that stuff. Oh, I know I was. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because, I mean, people were, people were dating in high school. Like plenty of people were doing some hanky-panky. Yeah. Right. Some version of it. And we were just not about that because it also was like, you know, a boyfriend is a gateway drug to drinking and bad grades. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I, to your point, I, I see how it was easy to to avoid kind of the whole dating conversation because it just wasn't it wasn't a priority for any of us. Yeah. No matter if we were gay or straight. Did you think I was gay? No. When you came out to me, I remember when you came out to me. I, I don't remember. I think it was 2008. It must have been summer break because I remember being barefoot, walking down the driveway, and you called me. That is so kind of me. <laughs> I really did it formally. I did it the right way. I was like, you know what? Not a text. Yeah. Not an AI. I really appreciated message. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, I have some serious. No. And I, I, I don't remember the exact words you used. But I remember you came out to me and you were at that point one of a few friends who had come out to me um, in college. And so Mm. it wasn't my first time having that conversation. But I remember it being, I mean, you must have been so nervous. Yeah. I mean, because come on, this idea that like no one else, I don't have to call people to say, (laughs) hey, I just want you to know (laughs) That I'm a heterosexual. <laughs> like yeah, this idea that you so have to call up. to put your sexuality on yeah. a on a on a plate 
for someone you're not even sexually attracted to. Yeah. Is so freaking ridiculous. As if it changes like anything else. (laughs) Right. I'm telling you so you know I'm a lesbian. (laughs) You can can wear different clothes as a result. I mean, like, what the hell? I'm so sorry that you had to do that and that people have to do that. But I remember it being a positive conversation and getting off the phone, smiling. And then I think I went in and my parents were like, oh, who was that? I was like, oh, it's Stephanie. She's a lesbian. They're like, oh. <laughs> it's like she, she, she told me that she's a lesbian. They're like, oh, okay. Nice. How does she sound? She sounded good. She sounded okay. like a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I remember being really happy because I, and then I think I was thinking, I was like, oh, I could, I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> Because then I'm like, oh, who did she date? That makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When I did think of that, you know, it wasn't it wasn't crazy to believe. But that's so interesting because I feel like, you know, I, I was about to say, like, looking back, I just, there are so many signs where you could totally tell that I was gay. And especially before getting into to high school when I tried to, like, fit in. But like, yeah, like from my my parents view, like. If I was a parent of me, I'd be like, oh, this this kid is gay as hell. But it's interesting that you didn't, there was no inkling I to mean, you. we just weren't thinking about anything sexual. Yeah. I can't emphasize this enough. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just wasn't, I mean, like, now if I look back, I'm like, oh, yeah, you didn't seem to really care at all about <laughs> who you went um, to a school dance with. Yeah. Right. Like there was no like, oh, I'm going to ask my crush. That's so interesting because I didn't even my mind didn't even go there. It, I, and I mean this before you just said that. And I don't know why I didn't even think that was something that people like an experience that people had. Like, I know that sounds so weird, but like the act of like being nervous about like, yes, like actually mm, caring who date. you went to a school dance with. Like, because I didn't have, nothing was on the line for me in that way. Right. It's so, not that I didn't know that that was part of pop culture, because obviously she's all that. But it just didn't click until you said it, that like, that was the experience that you were having and that our friends right. were having and I was not. Or that maybe like in your effort to hide your sexuality, you actually made the biggest, the f- most fatal flaw was in who you chose to go to a dance with. It was the biggest tell. <laughs> well, my dance dates weren't bad. My dance dates, well, did well, I Well, they ever weren't go? people that you were any, did you ever go? No, 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 no. I was going to say, did I ever go with beard number one to a dance? Because that, that would have been a bad yeah, choice. I think, okay, that I was think my bad was. choice. But yeah. my other dance partner, dance partner, choices were. Um, they were your friends. My friends. But there yeah. were people that there was like so clear. It was very platonic. Friendship. Yeah. Nothing yeah, yeah, else. Yeah. yeah. It was totally friendship based. Yeah. Do you remember like, I mean, these were kind of maybe subconscious decisions you were making or you didn't even realize that like you could go with somebody that you liked. Yeah. Was there anybody, anything that you did that was just like super cringy and trying to like cover up? Everything. Everything, <laughs> but consciously oh, trying to cover you know? up. No, because again, like it wasn't as if I, I think that by the end of of high school, I I had officially come out to myself. But that was like step one. It wasn't like 
I am gay and now I will be attracted to women that I know. Like that step didn't happen. Like I wasn't like I'm I'm gay and to myself I will think about this girl that I know in real life being attracted to her. Like that that mm-hmm. did not that wasn't happening. Like that that so it was I'm gay and this will be something that I will have to deal right, with. Not but like- <laughs> it it wasn't, you know, it yeah. was it was more about like that as an identifier and me. It, there was no part of me that was like, I'll go to the dance with this boy, but boy, look at that girl with those tatas over there. I wish I could go with her and see where things lead. <laughs> but I will say, juicy tidbit, and we can go into this more when we do explore like our our relationships episode but i did have an interesting relationship with a girl in high school in high school yeah <gasps> can i guess can i guess oh sure speculative crush number 1 oh no Damn. that's why i wanted you to guess cuz i wanted you to guess the wrong person speculative crush number 2 so not a teacher not a teacher no we don't need to go down that that particular route who i think either you're not gonna know who this is immediately or when i say it you're gonna be like what uh actual crush oh that totally makes sense (laughs) she really liked you Oh, I remember she was always on your side or at your oh, what side. What the heck is, oh, okay. <laughs> I was she like, was, was always... there like a brawl? There was like a disagreement all the time and you were like, why is that bitch always <laughs> siding with her? No. Yeah, well, but I will say that the, the, the defining moment of like me going, I'm gay is, is mm-hmm. a, a moment in that like relationship where I was like, okay. I'm going to try and kiss her. I'm going to do it. And yeah, Stevie. Oh, yeah. It was really romantic in that she pushed me away and <gasps> oh. said, I'm not gay. Oh. And I was like, one, that's interesting because I don't know what was happening this whole time. But two, I'm gay. <laughs> so she was she the first person you came out to? I didn't even come out to her. I think I said. Oh, this is I all think internal I said, conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I said. Oh, well, neither am I. I mean, of course, I'm. Of course, I'm not. And that's. I think that's an experience of a lot of queer women is that um, they have some kind of high school relationship, and okay. the and one person in in that relationship claims that they're they're not gay. They're they're straight, okay. and then the gay person claims that like they're not gay either. It's just that person specifically. I see. Which, if anybody's listening, they're having that experience. I don't think that's true, guys. I think you gotta, <laughs> I think you gotta reevaluate that relationship. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. So we we'll get into the specifics, I suppose, of that particular thing. It's so funny. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever said that out loud before. I don't know if I've ever like vocalized that story before. Meanwhile, I probably have, but awkward it feels Mm -hmm. so weird dude like it it's um well one because what a 
crushing moment filled with so yeah. much weight. But also talking about something that was that you were actively hiding. And there's nothing there's nothing funny. There's no funny. It's like, you know, there's no like it just is what it is. There's nothing yeah. to like make that reconstruct that moment in a different light or anything. It just was like this heavy moment of like acceptance and then like heartbreak. I'm really sorry. It's sorry. You, it's all sorry good now. It, it is all good now. But one thing as a as a friend, I'm sorry that I couldn't be there for you in high school when you were having these heartbreaking moments. Do you think if I had come out to you in high school, do you think you were in a different spot having gone off to college than you were in at, at Grimsley? No. Really? Like would I would I have accepted you as easily then? Yeah. And yes, yes. Really? Yeah. Am I tooting my own am I tooting my own horn? <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't know, so. but because I don't think that's necessarily the case of of other no, people we were friends remember, with. No, but remember, I I do, yes, but the other people we were friends with, you had a different history with them. You went to school with them for years as your families knew each other. You yeah. were coming from a religious school. I mean, the reality is it was a, yes, maybe liberal and political leanings, but pretty small, narrow community. I'm just not yeah. narrow-minded, yeah. but just a small community. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I would like to think that I would have responded the same way. Um, and I think, again, it all just has to do with, like, what I was exposed to. Yeah. Well, I think that the – because the other thing is that, like, I had such internalized homophobia, too, because – which obviously happens to so many people. It's like mm -hmm. I, I want to demonstrate that I – am not that I you know yeah. like that and I can't remember any specific instances of of how it man manifested itself but I'm sure I said things that I am not proud of uh you know I'm I I don't remember making any Brokeback Mountain jokes because I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised. The only joke is on you if you haven't seen it. <laughs> and if you haven't seen it, please. <laughs> please go see it. Please um, it. One of our friends, not not somebody that we, that was part of our smaller circle, but one of our friends who also came out after um, after she went away or she graduated After she from went high away. school. <laughs> After she was sent away. After she was said put Said that down. she, no, shared that her experience was also shaped uh, by the fact that she was in a religious group, Young Life, mm -hmm. that is, is actively anti-LGBTQ. Mm. Is this the, um, the best girl you'll ever meet? The best girl you'll ever meet. Okay. Yeah. And how hearing that rhetoric yeah. from your peers and from this kind of, tight-knit community that's that's one thing but she participated in the uh gay straight alliance and said she participated on the day there was a day of silence do you remember that vaguely yeah people would wear these shirts that said gay fine by me mm -hmm. and then there was a day of silence and she did the day of silence and afterwards she stopped going to the gay straight alliance meetings because she thought that she would be found out Really? Yeah, because it, I remember it was a bold step to do the day of silence. It was like, I remember like it standing out when people did it. She was like, everyone's going to 
think I'm gay because I've participated and I've gone to these meetings. I can't imagine. I knew the rhetoric was there and our friends were surrounded, you know, went went to Young Life and did believe those things. But hearing it constantly and being in her shoes is... Uh, Cannot imagine, yeah. I Yeah, I can't. And, and having the backbone to do to do to participate in the day of silence yeah. knowing and hearing that rhetoric like I, there was not a single piece of me that was that brave at that time not yeah. i yeah i i can't even make that leap i was so scared and so mm-hmm. insecure and did not want to rock the boat and would never do anything like that at the time It's Sophia Franklin, and if you don't already know, listen up. My mini-series is live now, each and every Monday, and the only person missing is you. We're dating, we're dumping, we're learning, and we're tapping into all the feels that originally brought us together. Listen and follow Sophia with an F on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, to that end, I'm curious how you would speak to yourself, your high school self now. Do you wish you had done things differently or do you think that was you protected yourself? I get that a lot. Like, what is your advice to young queer people, young closeted queer people? And my biggest thing is, like, come out on your own time. No one Mm -hmm. is forcing your timeline of when to come out. If you don't feel safe, whether that's a reality or it's something that you have in your head, do not come out. There's no one forcing you to to do it. And your safety is the number one thing. And also your timeline is yours and no one else can dictate, dick that for you. (laughs) And what I want to say is no one could dick that for you. (laughs) And so... I just don't think it could have played out any other way, honestly. Like, and it's interesting because you and I were having the conversation about what are we going to do for our closing segment? Are we like, you know, is there anyone who's come out since high school that I don't know about that we can talk about in ADR afterwards? And the answer was no, not really. <laughs> there isn't. But that's not it's not totally fair because have you talked to anyone from high school besides No, me? but I did. I went on Facebook <laughs> and I searched gay. <laughs> Okay, Grimsley. What if there's a way to so filter? So we've clearly done very thorough <laughs> research, but Just if you kidding. went to Grimsley and you have come out since, oh, this is a us. CTA. Write us. <laughs> <laughs> if write you us. could tweet at me with hashtag Gay Grimsley and let me know <laughs> that you come out. Um, no, I, I just don't think it would have I, I can't imagine it playing out any differently. And I think that's OK. And I think that the the, mm-hmm. the truth is, is that, you know, I, I chose to go to school in New York and I chose to go to school in New York because I knew that, like, I had to come out and live the rest of my life and I couldn't do it in my mind mm. living in the South. And that's one yeah. of my decisions to to move somewhere that in my mind was more liberal and accepting. So yeah, my advice is take your own time. And also, I think, you know, I'm I'm so hesitant to say that young queer people have it easier because I don't necessarily think that's true depending on where you live and who you're you're surrounded by. I think mm-hmm. that there's a lot more representation. 
I think that there's like a lot more ways to find your uh, chosen family. I mean, the internet is a huge help. I think that there's a lot more, you know, you don't just have the the older stand-up lesbian in the cast of the L word to look up to anymore. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of of queer content out there to gravitate towards. Yeah, and your days, Clay Aiken, by the way, <laughs> that was the closest thing to representation you had. American Idol winner Clay of 2003, Aiken. And Clay he wasn't Aiken. out. He wasn't out for he a long time. Out. He came out on a similar timeline to you, girl, 2008. Yeah, well, we had a side thing going um so yeah i mean that's what i that's what i would say and i think that i'm very grateful to get to do what i do and to act as that representation for people who are in households where that isn't a topic of conversation isn't something that people want to bring up because as an openly queer woman on a show like good mythical morning you know, Good Mythical Morning is not innately queer. It is not queer content. It is it is broad-reaching content that goes into houses in Middle America and the South and brings people with a, a lot of different views together. And to be an openly queer woman producing that show and and as a voice of that show, I feel like I've gotten to help so many young people who maybe that is the only representation that they can get in their lives because because they're so um cordoned off and they 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 live in a in a place where it's not acceptable for them to 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 get other um queer representation you know i i get i get messages from young people all the time who have grown up with our content over the past 10 years and who who did realize their sexuality or that it was okay uh, mm-hmm. to be a queer person just because I exist. And that is such yeah. an awesome feeling. And I am very grateful to get to be that representation for the closeted kid in yeah. in the middle of nowhere. So, And if we were in high school today, I so wish that we would be part of the Gay Straight Alliance. Yeah, because then we could have that... Uh, day of silence and that sounds pretty good right now thanks for listening to best friends back all right (laughs) you can catch brand new episodes every friday make sure to follow so you don't miss an episode and if you're enjoying the podcast leave us a big old review if you're not please refrain you can follow at mythical pods on tiktok for clips to share with family and friends you can follow me at Nagin and Stevie everywhere at Stevie W. Levine. And of course, you can hear me every Monday through Friday on Good Mythical Morning with Rhett and Link at youtube.com slash goodmythicalmorning. I will see you there. And I will see you next week. Good talk. Have a good week. Say hi to Cassie. Okay. I don't know how to have a normal conversation. <laughs> oh my God. You're so weird. And if you enjoyed today's conversation, but you're looking for something a little bit more male and about a decade younger, might I recommend our podcast, Trevor Talks Too Much, that features our Gen Zest mythical crew member as he sits down every Tuesday with a different creator star from his generation. It's quite fun. Highly recommend anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, and we'll see you guys next week.